All right. Hi, everyone. So um, I think um, the rhythm tonight will be we'll begin with a short sitting to settle. And also, I want to introduce um, a variation on so parasympathetic relaxation breathing that will be quick, but I just want to put that out there. Um, but just mostly a settle. And then before we do our longer sitting, I want to talk a little bit about it to frame it um, because it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit different from what we do. It's not totally different. It's not radically different, but it's, it's, it's a different flavor of practice. Um, as I said in my email, I'm gonna incorporate some, some steps that come from this thing called focusing, uh, which is a technique um, created by a guy named Eugene Gen Genlin. Um, and I'll, I'll say a little bit more about why, what it is. It's not, I'm not doing focusing. We're just gonna use a few different elements of it for reasons I will explain. Um, so, um, all right. So if you just get in a position that's comfortable, we're gonna just sit for a few minutes here. Do a little breathing practice and then a, just a bit of mindfulness. Just get your body balanced. Feel contact your body's making with whatever's beneath you. Feel the ways in which your body is and isn't settling, um, letting its weight be supported by whatever is beneath you. And if you find places where your body seems to be holding itself up unnecessarily, I think instead of even trying to relax those places intentionally, just bring a soft awareness to the very fact that you're holding. Just let that holding be there, held in a soft awareness. And eventually it may release of its own or it may not, but why introduce force into the picture? Feel the breath. Hear the sounds and the space around you. And just connect with the present moment. Body, sounds, breath. And of course, the flow of thoughts and emotions that are surely coursing through you as well. An image I like to use from time to time is if we think about our consciousness or awareness as like a clear glass of water and our thoughts and emotions and sensations as being like a spoonful of sand that's been stirred into that water. The best way to clear that water is actually just to let the water be. The grains of sand will on their own settle, actively trying to get those grains out to clear the water will just stir things up more.
Now what I'd like you to do is to put one hand on the center of your chest, doesn't matter which hand, and one hand on your belly. And without altering the way you breathe right now, just feel which hand moves first when you inhale. Maybe it's both at the same time, but is your breath starting up in the chest or in the belly? And without thinking of either as right or wrong, just notice how your breath naturally is moving right now, chest or belly first. And slowly see if you can begin to soften the belly so that the belly moves first. So the breath begins by filling the belly and then filling the chest. And now as we breathe in this way, leading with the belly, please inhale deeply through the nose, filling the entire upper body with air. And now exhale through your mouth as if you are breathing out through a straw. So purse your lips and imagine the breath being exhaled through a straw, drawing the exhalation out nice and slow. Inhale deeply through the nose, filling the torso up with air. And exhale through the mouth as if you are exhaling through a straw. And just keep breathing in this way, into the nose, out through the imagined straw and begin to extend, elongate your in-breath and out-breath so that you are breathing in for a slow four count and out for a slow four count. And let's just breathe in this way for a little while together. Let your hands come back down to wherever you like to keep them when you're sitting, on your lap, on your legs. Let your breath come and go now at its natural rhythm and depth. And let's just sit here for a minute, following the breath, listening to sounds, feeling our bodies.
Okay. We'll pause for a bit and then talk for a little bit. Um, feel free to keep sitting if you like while I talk. And then we'll um, do a bit of practice in the middle and hopefully leave a bit of time at the end um, for some discussion of how the practice felt. Um, so I don't know how the, the that particular form of breathing worked for you. Um, I think different breathing techniques do and don't work for different people, and it's good to try different ones. This is just a variation on a kind of breathing that's designed to um, activate the parasympathetic nervous system um, to settle the body down. Um, you know, in the past, we've often exhaled through slightly open mouth, the mouth kind of soft and slack. And this is um, just a different version. Um, and for some people, it can be um, as effective, even more effective than the other ones. I want to put that out there just as another technique one can use. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, so I'll leave it at that for now. So, okay. Um, one of the things I appreciate about this group is that, um, you know, I feel like I can speak in a way that is sometimes um, unformed and raw. Um, and, um, and you guys still come back. And so it's really nice. Um, I think, you know, sometimes I, you know, you know, I feel like, okay, I should be super polished. I should really just only talk about what I like, totally have down and, and, and totally certain about, you know, um, and, um, and I think that, um, well, I just can't. <laughs> and, and, it, and it also makes me feel like limited. I think there are, are um, things that I think I actually want to talk about that are at the edge of my own practice. And I think it's actually, so it's nice that I've done this enough times where I can trust that I'm not gonna scare everyone off. Um, so, um, so thank you for being here. It's because you're here that I have faith that I can do this. So, um, so you know, for those, I, I, I don't know if all of you are on the email list. I'm not sure, actually sure how all everyone who's here finds their way here, but I do have an email that goes out every week. That's a reminder about this class. Um, if you don't subscribe and you've been coming, I actually recommend that you do just because sometimes I give you a heads up um, about what I'm gonna talk about. And also sometimes I send readings out that are related to what I will or have talked about. Um, and so what I said in the email about this class is that there's something that I sort of sensed and um, have not quite really known um, how to respond to, which is that, you know, we, we sit and I think sometimes naturally difficult emotions or feelings will come up. Um, and, um, and sometimes just on their own of their own, because that's just what happens in life and in practice. And sometimes because I've actually sort of asked you to invite those kinds of feelings to come up. Um, and, um, you know, I so said, bring up something that makes you feel anxious or that you feel is like really difficult right now. And let's like work with those sensations, you know. And, um, what I, have sensed is that there are times when that has felt overwhelming to people. 
um, where when things come up, they feel like it's too much. It doesn't feel like whatever they're doing in this practice setting with those sensations is productive. In fact, it feels almost like counterproductive, like it's actually increasing their suffering. Um, and, um, and I think it's been, this feeling is, is connected to um, a way in which I've invited people to work with those kinds of sensations, which is really to move into them, you know, like, like become intimate with the sensations, feel them. And I think the idea is that um, as you become really intimate with the texture of these kinds of sensations, you start to you start to see them like as it were decompose into their constituent parts. What seems solid, like overwhelming fear or grief or anger, starts to reveal itself to be empty of that kind of solidity, and be made up of different sort of energies, different sensations, different thoughts. This kind of swirling constellation of things, um, which um, you can relate to in a more spacious way because it doesn't feel as solid. Now, of course, that's the idea, but I don't think it's the reality all the time for everyone. Um, I don't think it can be the reality all the time for everyone. So I'm not saying like somehow that there's a problem with that um, or that's, that, that the people who have that experience are doing something wrong. I'm definitely not saying that, um, but I am worried that actually I, um, have offered maybe a limited repertoire of ways to relate to those sensations, especially this basic guidance of like, move close, move in, you know? Um, and, you know, I've also said things like, you know, if you, you know, maybe don't go in too hard, don't go in too fast, don't go in too far. Um, you know, if you feel resistance, be with that. Um, you know, I've said things like, you know, say hello. Um, acknowledge whatever is difficult things like so I, it's not like i'm saying dive in you know but the movement has really been like let's go in let's check it out okay and i think that that has um been hard for some people um and so the reason i'm offering this sort of like little taste of focusing is because focusing is a practice that also invites us to work with something that is troubling us, uh, an issue we have. And, um, and in fact, here, uh, it, like one of the first things that I'll ask you to do when I start this focusing session is imagine that your life is just terrific, full of joy. Well, first, actually, bring your, bring your awareness to the middle of your body. Okay. So, so, so bring your awareness to the middle of the body and just imagine, you know, that your life is like hunky-dory, like awesome, full of joy. Now, most of us, I would wager all of us, something in the body is going to say, mm -mm, no, <laughs> not quite. Right. And so the body itself will kind of, kind of say, mm, no, there's not, there's this, this problem, you know, it's like weighing on me. Right. And so that the body itself will, will give us the stuff that is not feeling okay. And so the invitation to like, imagine everything like it's just simply like, like as a foil to, to give space to all the stuff that will emerge as saying, no, not quite, which is normal. Okay. That's natural. But then I think um, what the traditional focusing instructions then say, which is different from 
what I've said, though, actually, I really, it's not, it's not something I don't think is correct. It's just, I think it's a matter of emphasis. I think I've emphasized the moving in. And I think what I want to do tonight is really acknowledge sometimes the importance of creating space or distance from what is really painful inside. Okay. And so like, you know, um, in Eugene Gendlin's classic directions on focusing and in a later email, guys, I will send out a link to actually his articulation of the six steps. We're not going to go to them all. And also a link to an audio book where he himself talks people through the practice of focusing. It's like $6 on Audible. I've listened to it a few times. It's quite good. Um, and so if you are interested in this and want to go deeper, I'll give you the directions to go deeper. But um, because we're only going to do a bit of it. But what he says is, don't go inside what comes up that feels bad. Put it at some distance from yourself. And it and the distance that's appropriate depends on how intense it is. But like one direction he often says, like, like put it on the ground next to you, as it were, in your like inner psychic space. You know, imagine you are in this space. Problems are emerging when you sort of say, what's going on with me? Where's how's my life at? Like, is everything great? No. Okay. So this problem emerges and it feel I can feel it. It feels tight. So like, so okay, say, okay, there's that. That's one thing that's like kind of not feeling great. And hello. And they're just like, let why don't you I'll put you down here you know, by my side. And maybe it's really intense. Okay. Oh, you, maybe you kind of be over there, you know, like a, like a couple of yards over there. Okay. And the key is be in relation to it. So have it like in, you know, within reach as it were, don't push it away. Don't try to get rid of it, but also don't get overwhelmed. I don't dive into it and become absorbed by it. I think this is, it's that kind of, being overwhelmed, swallowed, absorbed, consumed by these really intense um, negative sensations and sort of body feelings that I'm trying to offer an alternative to. Um, and I like his way of articulating this. So imagine that when we begin working with difficult feelings, we have a kind of psychic space. And um, the, maybe the best way to work with stuff is actually sometimes to put stuff at a slight distance. He said, you know, um, we have a tendency of either getting lost in our negativity or repressing and trying to get rid of it. But maybe there's an in-between where we can relate to and work with, but not become lost in. And that's so, so even just this is huge. It's like, this is a different way of, as it were, visualizing our relationship to those things that come up that invites us to be okay with creating space, um, inner space. So, which is different from, you know, really get into it, feel it, get intimate, feel the texture, you know, the kind of cues I've tended to use in the past, really, I think, make one lean into, and then you can fall into. I don't think there's anything wrong with what I've said in the past. It is actually like, I think, a really powerful, way of working with um, anything, especially negative sensations and feelings. But I think we need a kind of very toolkit, as it were, so that we know ourselves, we can come to sense like, okay, right now, I need a little bit of space. I don't want to, I don't want to fall into this feeling, you know. So there's no like, this is the right thing to do at this moment. That's the right thing to do at that moment. It's not like some rules. It's just another possibility that I want to offer. 
so that you can learn what's best for you at different times in your life. And it could be that actually beginning with this space, you realize, oh, I can actually just move into it now. That may be the, the thing that it makes possible. Or maybe the entire sitting will be, let's just, let's just be there. Like let's, like, let's keep it arm's length. It's good enough. Okay. And then um, there are different ways that the practice proceeds from there. So once you've sort of identified the, the issue, the thing that doesn't feel right in your life that you want to sort of sit with, work with, and you've created like the inner space, the distance from it, then people do different things. And I think there is no one right way to do it. And so I want to actually give you that the idea, the principle, because that way you can decide for yourself what works for you and what doesn't. And in fact, maybe improvise your own cues. So some cues are simply like, what shape is that sensation, that, that feeling that, that has come up? How big is it? Um, is it on the surface of your body or deep within? What color is it? What texture is it? You know, um, uh, is there a word or an image that you feel like fits with whatever it is that you're feeling? Like tight, scared. Or like I was do, doing this practice recently. And for me, the image of myself as a child curled up as a ball really came up strongly, you know, that, and I just knew that that was, that, that was it, you know, that was the feeling that was like matching what it was that, that had come up in that sitting for me, you know, it wasn't a word, it was an image, you know. Um, but the key is that all of these different things, and this is what I want to say is like, are ways of relating to the thing that's difficult but at a distance that allows you to have a little spaciousness from it because to see its size, to describe its color or texture, to think about what word would fit it means that you are not lost in it. You know, you are, you are hanging out with it, but not so in it that you just are feeling it and nothing else. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think that's what I want to say is like this, these exact cues don't matter. Uh, I'll go through a few see how they work for you. Um, and, but if it's like, you could decide other things. Actually, I think Ruth Ozeki came to my um, uh, class I taught once and she talked about how actually when she does creative writing classes, she often does a kind of mindfulness exercise and asks people to think about like this feeling that's come up, you know, what kind of animal is it? You know, something like that, you know? Um, and um, there's, so there are other kinds of ways of like relating to this feeling or sensation that comes up that are like, you know, trying to get a read on it as it were. Um, and in fact, actually, like if you, if those of you who read her, her book, Tale for the Time Being, you know, one of the main characters in the book thinks about her intense emotion as like a fish, right? That's flopping around inside. And I think actually that came from Ruth's own practice. You know, it's, um, it's something, it's like the kind of thing that might come up in this, like what actually, you might feel is that inside I have a flopping fish, you know, that feels like it's like out of water or something like that, you know. Um, and then so we relate to it in this way. Um, you know, we're trying to get a read on, actually, again, Lynn used the word, get a handle on this felt sense of whatever's troubling you. 
Um, and then we might even ask it. This, this sense has come, this felt sense that's emerged in our practice. What do you need? You know, um, is there something you need? What, what would make things better for you? You know, there are different kinds of things you can ask it. And I think this is also really key. It means we are literally asking it. And now this might sound hokey to some of you. Um, and I just hope you can still try it and maybe get over it, you know, but um, the thing is that, um, you know, there's a risk of when we practice with difficult sensations, it really feels like we need to process, we need to work on, you know, figure this sensation out, or like even to use the language that I just used earlier about like decomposing, like we need to like see it that way. And I think one of the wonderful things about this approach of relating to something difficult that we feel is that it's actually not trying to get rid of it. It's not trying to um, make it go. It's actually like relating to it and then asking it what, as if it knows itself what it needs to heal. Trusting that in a way our bodies and the emotions that are sort of carried by our bodies themselves have a sense of what needs to be done to heal. Um, and that is huge. It's an attitude of openness to what it is rather than kind of like working on, you know, which can be very aggressive, you know. Um, and also trust the wisdom of um, our being, our full being. Um, trust, it, it, it comes from a place where it's like, I don't need to have all the answers up here. Like maybe actually my body, if I give it space, my emotions, I give them space, will themselves be able to give me a sense of what is needed to heal. So it's just a different orientation to those things which we can so easily relate to as things to process, to work on and ultimately get rid of. You know, it's that kind of self-aggression that people like Pema Chodron really often remind us can underlie our practice, you know? Um, and we can use meditation as a form of self-aggression. This is a very, very different attitude towards our the things that are causing us suffering. No, maybe actually it just needs to be heard and just it can itself. And what, um, what can happen, and it may or may not happen today, if this is the first time you're trying anything like this, sometimes like just as you get a handle, as you start to even like that image of the curled up child, when I had that image, there was a kind of softening, a release that I could feel because it was like, ah, just by being able to get a clearer sense of what's actually going on, there was a, a re relaxing of this tension I was holding. Because of course, you know what, when we, when we feel these difficulties, a lot of it's not clear, right? We just feel tense. We just don't feel right. Something feels off. And part of what this exercise does by asking like, what's its size? What emotion word, like what words capture it for you? Like, you know, um, what color is it? What's it asking for? These are ways to become clear, to hear and see more clearly what it is that we're actually feeling. And then, that alone can often produce a release. 
because part of the tension is the swirling emotion and then all this confusion because we can't feel it clearly. We don't know. We just know that things aren't right. Something's not right, you know. Um, okay, so we're only going to, you know, we're, we're just going to walk through a few of the basic steps that I think are most essential for and most relevant to mindfulness practice. Um, this is a practice that actually I, I you know, Ezra uses like about once a month in his sitting group. Um, Russell Delman, the guy who I mentioned, uh, I first learned Feldenkrais practice from also considers focusing a core part of the, the work he does with people. So it's something that I, um, I think a lot of people I trust and respect have really given um, a, a prime place in, in their own teaching. And I realized, you know, I think, I think actually I should consider incorporating this as well, instead of just like going hardcore into difficult sensations, which has been, I think my kind of MO and I wanna soften that a little bit. So, um, okay, pausing before we do it. Any questions? Cause that was a lot of talk, I know. I just like, but um, I think I talked now before because I think the framing actually matters. I think it, it helps to know kind of like what we're doing this for, because it will feel different. Okay. Okay. We'll give it a try. All right. So we're going to walk through some basic steps. Um, just be in a relaxed position. Um, this isn't exactly formal meditation. So if you want to be a little bit more relaxed than you would be, um, when you are sitting, feel free to. I think as ever, you want to be able to breathe freely. But I think you really, really don't want to feel stiff. And you know, sometimes, despite our best efforts, when we assume a sitting posture, we can't help but be a little stiff. And if, um, and if that's the case for you right now, maybe sit back against your bed or a couch or even lie down to get comfy. And just begin by just settling in to your posture, letting the breath come and go. And an image that Genlin likes to use is like, imagine that we are just, you know, making ourselves comfortable in the a cluttered storehouse of our minds, right? And we're just clearing a little bit of space to get a little clarity about what's going on with us. As a way of getting towards that, do you ask yourself, like, is everything good? Do I feel completely content? Is life just amazing right now? Nothing wrong full of joy. Bring your awareness to the middle area of your body, like just a middle, you know, belly, chest, just in a loose, open way. And propose to yourself that everything's great. And see what emerges. 
and not just as thoughts, but especially in the body. Let the body answer this question. When the body is faced with this proposition that everything is great, do you notice any tension or any other kind of you know, unpleasant sensation, jitteriness? And just say hello, acknowledge that that has emerged, whatever it is. You may have, you may be able to know quite clearly that it's like this problem about work, this relationship. It may be quite clear, but it may not be. It may, it may just be some inchoate sense that, you know, something's not, not right. And if that's how it is, if it's unclear, let it be unclear. And as I said earlier, don't go inside that feeling. Just place it in front of you. Maybe at arm's length or on the floor beside you. Say, okay, hello. Yeah, I see you. And see if you can say hello with some genuine friendliness to whatever it is that's come up. And if you can't, if you can't actually welcome it with friendliness, don't worry. Perhaps you can't help but resist whatever it is that's coming. Can you say hello to the resistance? In any case, say hello to whatever it is that's there or the resistance to what's there. And let's just ask a few questions about this thing, this unsettledness or whatever the right word might be for this thing that's emerged that's telling you that no, life isn't perfect right now. There's, there's, there's something that doesn't feel right. So where is this sense, this felt sense of something not right or whatever it may be, where is it located in your body? Is it on the surface of the body or deeper within. And how deep within, if it's deep within? As you relate to it, start to sort of just, you know, just check it out. Is there a word that emerges from this felt sense that seems like a good description? Is it jittery? Is it heavy? Is it tight? Is there an image that emerges from this felt sense that you feel 
captures what it's about. And it's okay if words or images don't come. And I think that one thing that's really important to say is, I'm not asking you in the mind to analyze it. More like, does this felt sense itself provide some kind of label or image that you feel captured what it's about? Let's keep asking some other questions about it. So how big is it? What size is it? What shape is it? Does it have a texture? What's its texture? On a scale of one to 10, how intense does this felt sense feel to you? Is it soft or is it just throbbing, intense? Does it have a color? Without sinking into, moving into these sensations, begin visualizing your breath being drawn into the area where this felt sense is. And see if you can, as it were, aerate the sensations, soften them a bit by just sort of breathing a little bit of oxygen into those sensations. If you can't breathe into it, if you can't get close enough to feel like you can breathe air into it, that's okay. Don't get lost in it. Maintain whatever distance you feel you need, depending on how intense and challenging the sensations feel. But if you can breathe into it, it might be a good thing to try. See if you can soften it a bit with your breath. And as you continue to be with and to observe this sensation, this felt sense, can you hear any strong thoughts that are associated with the sensations that you're feeling? It's okay if you can't, but just be attentive and see if there are any particular thoughts that seem to be emerging as you hang out with this felt sense.
One thing I want to say is that this isn't meant to be grim work. It's not meant to be you know, grinding work. Try to have a light touch. Keep enough of a distance from whatever it is that you're sort of attending to so that you don't feel consumed by whatever the feelings are. What word would you use to describe the emotional quality that you're feeling? Like anger, anxiety, or sadness, or some other word. Sometimes maybe it's a pair of words like tight fear, or burning anger, or crumpled up sadness. Whatever the emotion is that you're feeling, that you're tending to, can you say hello to it? A genuine hello that's friendly, accepting. This felt sense that you are with right now, attending to. Can you sense what it would want to feel better? What would make things okay? Again, you may not get an answer to this, but the important thing is to ask it and leave space and quiet for an answer to emerge. If there are any of the steps that we did earlier that felt particularly efficacious for you, like to ask about color or shape or size, you can go back and continue asking those kinds of questions of whatever it is you're attending to. And if you don't feel like asking any questions, just breathe. And if possible, breathe into the sensations. Visualize the breath being drawn into the sensations, aerating them. 
And let's just sit like this for a minute or so. Sometimes as we ask questions like the ones we have, attended to these sensations the way we have, we can feel like a shift in the body, a softening or release as we just get more clarity or um, there's a change relationship to whatever it is that emerged that felt difficult, but sometimes not. So if possible, now just let whatever it was that you're sort of being with be in peace. You're not sort of attending to it anymore. And just take a moment to just feel the breath. Feel the contact your body's making with the ground or whatever is beneath you. Listen for sounds in the space around you, open to all the sounds around you. And that's it for this one initial test session. Uh, I'm gonna pause and give space for us to talk for a bit. Um, if people want to talk. And then we can end in, a, in the last few minutes with just um, a little bit more straight up sitting practice. But I want to break. I want us to stop this to give the feelings time to move on. So what I would love is to hear how it was, um, whether you know, just didn't do anything or felt interesting or I felt a little something. Um, this circuit of questions actually is like something that you can do two or three times through. You go back. And so this, we just did basically one cycle through because I didn't want to dwell too long. But just so you know that this kind of um, route through is something that you know, you get a little clarity or you get a little sense or you get like a, an image or a word and then you go back and ask because sometimes when you get that word, it's almost like the thing you are actually attending to shifts a bit, you know, and then you ask, okay, so, and you start to realize that what you thought was going on, that maybe it was anger about this actually turned out to be sadness about that, you know, it starts to reveal different kinds of depths. Um, but one thing that you know, Genlin emphasizes, and I don't know how this matches your experience. I mean, this is one thing I'm curious about. This is not supposed to be a grinding, like a hardcore, like let's work hard. It's, um, and so it's not something to do too much of or too long of. It's just a little bit. Um, so, okay, I'm going to pause and then um, open the floor.
I thought it was helpful um, to visualize kind of like the shape and the color and, and uh, it made me notice things in a different way. Thank you, Charles. For me, the visualization is actually so important because just to be able to like visualize its shape or size means that you're not in it. You know, like it already like automatically orients you as being a little bit outside it, um, able to sort of take it in. And, and that I think actually cues the mind to like not become, not to sink into it too much. I was visualizing the tension that was in my back, upper back and neck mm -hmm. and the shape of it and the texture and the color of it. I mean, it, it helped looking at it from a completely different perspective than I normally would. And the intensity, it was like three out of 10. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it's not nine, it wasn't 10. I mean, it's just background, you know, stress and then trying to figure out Where's this coming from? And is this related to something? And it was an interesting way of looking at issues, you know, emotions. Are there some emotions tied with that? Almost certainly. Not sure what they are yet, though. Thank you. Thank you. And the, and I'm, I'm glad you actually talked about using it on, on physical discomfort because it's also something you can use it for. I mean, we're, we're emphasizing emotional stuff that might come up, but definitely. Actually, um, Ezra used it mostly for physical pain, but um, yeah. I would, oh, Marty, please, yeah. So I was just surprised because I felt um, really alert. I've been feeling really alert. And the minute that I started to look at them, I felt exhausted mm -hmm. and I couldn't stop. I felt like I kept nodding off. And so I wonder if it was that... Um, I was imagining them, which felt kind of dreamlike maybe. And so that maybe, maybe I am tired, but I was surprised at the shift from being really awake and present to just being like, oh, I don't want it. My body really didn't want to do it. Yeah. It was very intense and quick. That's interesting. Thanks, Marnie. Yeah. I also, please feel free to share. I'd be very interested. Like, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if actually like still felt like this was overwhelming or something came up and it was hard. And so if someone feels that way, please, I, I don't think you're alone. If it, um... Um, hi, Fernanda. I, hi. I kind of like, for me at first, it was a little like, I was trying to find that balance because at first it did feel very overwhelming. And I was trying to like make that space and find it the right space. And also, like, towards the middle of the meditation, I kind of got, like, a second image, like, a second emotion. And I don't know, it was really interesting because they were, like, sort of related to each other. And, yeah, it was, like, I wasn't expecting to get, like, a second image and then sit with both images, sensations at the same time. Yeah, yeah that's. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that initial, like, when I said, you know, life is good, what comes up? Um, in if any if any of you check out the sort of like Genlin's original instructions, it actually says often well like five or six things will come up. You know, you sort of you you identify one, you you know, put it to the side, 
And I said, okay, now if that wasn't in my life, would everything be good? And then you'll notice that something else might come up, right? Because there are obviously like more than one thing going on usually in our lives. And so um, so that's, that's I think you, you were feeling that there was like more than, yeah, it was, it was multiple things. And that's actually um, something I probably should have said something about earlier, but, um, and then I think that you can just put some of them aside and focus on one, but then you might see that they're connected and then attend to the connection between them as well. I, hi. Hi, Emily. <laughs> so I, I feel like for me personally, I'm not, I'm not a very visual person. So mm -hmm. like the color texture, like what shape is the thing has always been sort of hard for me. But what I really liked about what we did um, tonight was like, the holding it like at a distance but like at, at a close distance kind of thing like I've been sort of struggling with this thing that like I feel like I've been bouncing around between like you know being this like obsessive like all-consuming like over-identifying like thought and then like pushing it away at all costs and like doing anything to distract myself from it and like neither of those things has been very helpful um and so sort of being able to like or at least try to like put it aside but but put it close and like ask questions of it and try to like articulate it to myself from that like close distance I think like I think was helpful in um in in, in ways that like the things I've been trying like have not necessarily been helpful so I appreciate that and I think it's going to be a feel thing right like the more you do it the the that will be easier to get that distance right um like if Fernanda was also saying she was struggling with like finding that 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 distance too at the beginning I think it's really natural and I think it's something that I just want to introduce as a, a thing we could try, you know? Um, and um, because there are times where you feel like, wow, man, when I'm sitting with this difficult sensation, I'm just grinding and it just, it just doesn't feel good. And it's like, I just want to get up and stop the sitting. And, and so, um, but maybe there's a way to be with it. That's a little bit more, a little bit more distance and to be, be able to access that from time to time, I think it'd be really useful. I Carmen, just, hi. Oh, hi. Um, I wanted to share, I had a similar experience to Marnie where I felt this exhaustion or kind of more of an emptiness um, mm -hmm. after experiencing, um, I my image or like um, was also more tied to a sensation of kind of like trembling water um, being sucked up into a wave and kind of having the image of a wave and the feeling of being pulled into a wave. Um, and I was with that feeling for a long time and then also ended in a place of like this exhaustion, kind of um, emptiness that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, very interesting. I mean, and it just could be that like you guys are tired, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it's totally possible. And then it's, but it's also like interesting, like, well, maybe there's something else going, right? And it's just being open-minded about that. You know, it's like, um, um, yeah, I think it's, um, it's tiredness and sitting is fascinating. You know, it's like such a fascinating thing. Um, um, but man, it's 8.30 on Tuesday night. I think we all have good reason to feel sleepy. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Frankly, I'm amazed any of us are here. So, <laughs> um, okay. So this is like, you know, not something I'm going to, 
I just really wanted to put this out there. And I think, you know, some of the language, it doesn't even, it's not, the whole practice isn't necessary. I think it's really like certain things like saying hello, keeping a distance, you know, these little moves. You know, what's so interesting is like meditation is in some ways super simple, but you start to get, you get the sense like there are all these little micro moves you can make as you sit that can help. Um, and the question is like, just really like getting comfortable with them so you know when it's skillful to use one and when you don't, you know. Um, so, you know, once in a while I might start to use some of these cues in other kinds of sittings, but I don't think I'm gonna incorporate focusing as some part of what we do. Um, I, um, but I will send out links to further resources if people are interested in. Um, it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's intriguing practice. Um, so, and I'll just say this in case this catches anyone's interest. It's like, he actually started this research project that developed into focusing. When he, he and colleagues at the University of Chicago asked, why does therapy work for some people and not work for so many others? Like what, what's, what, you know, what's up with that? So they actually just videotaped thousands of therapy sessions. Um, and they discovered that had much less to do with the method the therapist was using and more with the way that the person who was getting therapy like talked and attended to their body. And so focusing is actually their kind of distillation of some things they felt like people were intuitively doing when they had successful therapy sessions. So this is kind of like, so I'll just put that out there in case people are, have had trouble with therapy and maybe want you know, would like a little sort of, it might be revealing in some ways. So like, how can you attend to your body as you're thinking, uh, talking about stuff in a way that might produce shifts, you know? Um, so I would love it if we would sit for three minutes and and um, then end at 8.35. Okay. Um, this felt like a sort of like anomalous sort of topic tonight. So definitely want to just, just sit for a bit. Okay. Okay. And... And if, if for those who are sleepy, sweet dreams, I'll, I'll wake you up in a few minutes.
Mm. I'm glad we ended with that. Really wonderful. Okay. Um, I'm going to hang out if anyone wants to chat a bit. Um, but otherwise, thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody. Um, and see you all next week. And we'll do something more straight ahead next week. Okay. Thank you, Bernie. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bernie. Bernie. Bye, Thank bye you. Bernie. Bye.